2: T-H-E-C-O-R-N-E-R. Terms and conditions apply.
1: What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Corner Podcast. As always, Kel Dansby here with Andreas Hale. He's in full old man mode today. And I know you can't wait to hear it because we just came off of a very, very eventful Survivor Series weekend. And he has a lot to say about a card that I think is decent. Uh, <laughs> He's laughing at me. Ain't nothing to laugh at. Let me, let me finish yeah. the intro. So there's plenty of stuff going on right now in combat sports. We got to talk about the UFC. We got to talk about a boomerang, which is the star of the show this past weekend in the UFC. Some upcoming fights. Michael Bisping on the quick turnaround. Boxing really didn't have much, so we'll glaze over that. But first, it's Thanksgiving week. Dre, Thanksgiving. What's on the menu? We talk menu every year.
2: Yeah, I mean, this year it is uh, pretty simple. I'm going to my mother's house. So she's doing all the cooking. For once, uh, my wife and I and the rest of our family, we're going to somebody else's house. We're not hosting this year, which is a good thing. So whatever my mom cooks, she's making chitlins. So
1: Oh, I don't need God, chitlins. no. God, okay, thank you, thank
2: you. <laughs> I don't need chitlins, but she's making chitlins. And uh. um, yeah, so, I mean, there's going to be other stuff, but there's one thing that I do not eat. My My father-in-law... Father-in-law. My stepfather is uh, he loves chitlins. It's the one time of year he can get them. So that's what's on that side of the menu. We're just showing up.
1: Listen, I've met your mother, lovely woman. I'm pretty sure she's about to put her foot in all of that food. It's about to be delicious. I don't think I've met your stepfather. I can't trust people who eat chitlins. I'm just be honest. Like I just I, off rip, I just can't trust you.
2: Yeah, I, it's I just, just don't not it.
1: good. I I listen, you can damn near fry anything and make it good. You can fry a boot in the right thing, and it'll be pretty tasty. Chitlins is not on that list. Like, oh, it's so nasty. I don't know how people do it.
2: Neither.
1: I can't do it. So bless you and your chitlins. Um, I'm going straight Puerto Rican this year. So, you know, every year I try to bring a little flavor into Elena's family's crib for uh, Thanksgiving.
2: It sounds very literal, too. Flavor. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Listen, man. Yeah, let's not start explaining seasonings um, to some people. But I'm bringing Puerto Rican food this year, so I'm making some arroz con gandules, the rice and peas for them. Um, I've been trying out some other stuff, some bacalaitos. Shout out to my people out there who know who that those are. And I'm gonna make some coquito again. They didn't touch it last year, but I feel like this might be a better year. Uh, If you guys don't know the coquito, obviously if you're from New York, everyone knows coquito. But if you know a Puerto Rican, have them make it for you. It is a holiday drink that'll sneak up on you and punch you in the face when you don't expect it. You'll be nice and tipsy. Very bad decisions have been made off of coquito, and you know if you feel a little, a little saucy this Thanksgiving. Get you a couple glasses of that, and you'll be right. So, that's my my little bit of culture that I'm bringing over there. We'll see how they like the Puerto Rican food. And you already know that they'll have the green bean casserole on decks. <laughs> Hot out the oven, green bean casserole.
2: Ooh, did you try
1: it? I tried it last year. We talked about it on podcast. That's just not good.
2: Okay, that's what I thought I remembered. Just that's finished. not
1: good. Their version, I've tried it twice over the past two years. Um... None of them listen to this podcast, bless their heart. I love all the other food there. The turkey is bomb. The ham is juicy. They make tri-tip all the time. I love it. They cook the hell out of some meats. Side dishes are uh, a different thing. The gravy's bomb. The mashed potatoes, man. Uh, the green bean casserole wasn't that good last year there. I don't know who bought it. It might have actually been Elena's mom's who made it and bought it. And her cooking's often questionable. Mm. I'm cooler. The cooking, though, eh, we, we eat out when we go and eat with Elena's mom and, <laughs> and stepdad. Like, nah, yeah, we 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 go to a restaurant. We order a bottle of wine and stuff. We'd be like, yo, where do you want to go? You want us to cook? Nah, we heard this new place. Let's go there. That's That's always the move. So I think wow. she made it last year. Someone else will be taking upon that challenge this year. The second time I had it. It was edible the second time. It was over a different family member of Elena's house, and then that was that was okay, kinda. If I was starving, I could eat it, or with some hot sauce. You put hot sauce in anything to make it edible. But yeah, nah, nah. This year, staying far away from it. You will see me. I'll create some sort of meme, Xing out the green bean casserole, Ugh, and is it on the table. Yeah, there's there's mad shit. So real quick, working at the news station. I had to put together a bracket of the best side dishes, Thanksgiving side dishes. You'd be surprised what some caucus people eat on Thanksgiving. Do you know what corn pudding is?
2: No, I don't even think I want to know. But go. No, it's, Ooh, like, yeah. it's like
1: a, like a mushy cornbread. It's as sweet as cornbread, corn but it's baked in like a big ass dish. Think of you put cornbread in the oven, and you only cook it for like 10 minutes, not 20.
2: So mushy cornbread? No, yeah, cool. it's corn
1: pudding. I don't know. I ain't trying it. There's a oyster dressing, which I guess black people and white people eat, but you gotta be what? from like down south, like Louisiana.
2: Yeah, I've never heard of oyster dressing. I'm sure somebody's gonna say, What's wrong with you? Never heard... no, I've never heard of oyster dressing. Never heard of
1: oyster dressing. Absolutely. Listen, until I got with my ex-wife, I didn't know there was a difference between stuffing and dressing. <laughs> <laughs> In which I had to learn real quick. Because <laughs> I was like, yo, you yeah. want to make stuffing? People were like, we don't eat stuffing. I was like, yo, don't eat stuffing. No. You don't eat stuffing. They're like, no, we make dressing. I was like, what? The, it's the same shit? It's not the same shit.
2: It's not the same.
1: That was part of my introduction to black culture, which we will go through uh, Or black household, shall I say. I, ne- I had never lived in a black household until I was with my ex-wife, and that shit was a crash course when I was like 15. I didn't know what a hot comb was on the stove. Mm. I-, I had no clue how her hair got so straight. Um, I didn't know she couldn't wash her hair on the regular. <laughs> Oh, the real, <laughs> really? because my mom was Puerto Rican. Yeah, like I, I went over to my grandma Janice's house, but my grandma Janice always had short hair. And my aunt was like into her Afrocentric shit because she went and studied in Africa for two years and had dreads when I was growing up. Not until I was an adult did she cut them and grow her hair out. So I didn't know what went into that. I didn't know you couldn't, like black girls couldn't get their hair wet. I didn't know what a flat iron is and all this shit. Now I got, obviously, black children. So all my daughters, I got to keep them fly. Learn how to use that? Yeah, yo. I didn't know what a bonnet was. And we will get into a full-on debate, (laughs) bonnet or no bonnet, on this show one day. And I had no clue. Like, yo, nothing would change your life than not knowing what a bonnet is and seeing a woman sleep over at your crib and come out with some shit on her head. (laughs) And I remember it was satin purple. Satin purple. And I'm like, yo, what are you doing? I thought it was a joke. thing I thought was Tom from Tom and Jerry when he dresses up like the grandma incognito and I was like yo what the hell is that sh-? you can't be sexy with a bonnet on your head no way I don't care you ugh, we'll get to that's I'm going off on a tangent so we'll talk about that on further show because I'm sure people will want to hear more about oh, my, my conquest Absolutely. of black culture uh, when I was 15 16 years old but that is our menu for Thanksgiving I will put you on the spot we're not talking wrestling till later in the show but you've been so cranky over these past couple days
2: why do you keep calling me
1: cranky? You've been cranky, but we'll, we'll, we'll delve into that later. But before we move off of the Thanksgiving topic, Andreas, I'm going to put you on the spot. You have to give me one thing, one thing, booking wise, you are thankful for in the WWE right now. <laughs> are you
2: serious? <laughs> I'm dead serious. Um, okay. Uh, I'm not sure if you can find it. What am I? What am I having? One thing that I'm I'm thankful for booking. Um, there's actually a couple. I mean, I don't think AJ Styles has been booked horribly.
1: That's not a compliment. That's not being thankful for something. That he, he's been booked content. well. I
2: mean, obviously we think he should be champion, but he has never. He, he has is not champion, looked like. A
1: champion. By the
2: way, Well, that's what I'm saying. Obviously, we think we should be champion, but there there hasn't been anything that I was didn't like except him being booked with Shane McMahon, and even that. He, Dude, we'll talk about it later, but he can polish a turd and make it gold. AJ Styles is that good. So, been happy with AJ Styles. Um, obviously, Oscar remaining undefeated, I was happy about. That's NXT, um, doesn't count. Oh, God, God. All right, fine. <laughs> the main roster. Um, I have to say that I've been happy with the handling of Braun Strowman. And I think that's more a testament to Braun Strowman than I think WWE booking because he's gotten so much better. Um,
1: That's about where you draw the line.
2: Yeah, because even Kevin Shield. Owens, I've, I've enjoyed Kevin Owens, but it's more Kevin Owens than Booking because they just, I mean, even with this recent Survivor Series, it's just, they cooled off on something that was white hot. But um, that's, that's all I can really think of. <laughs> <That's>,
1: <laughs> if I ask you the same thing about New Japan, the list, we don't have enough time to go through that list. That's crazy. See, I'm thankful for a lot. See, I'm, I'm a simple man. I'm thankful for the Shield Reunion. That I've wanted for a long time. You are not a hugest fan so far. The show reunion. Nope. I, I don't understand. You're you're so hard to please. I'm thankful for
2: the USO heel turn. Ah, okay, that's a good one. That's a good one. I will I will agree with that one. The, the USO heel turn has probably been one of the biggest revelations on uh, WWE television.
1: Yes, I'm thankful for the booking of Alexa Bliss, who I think is a great champion. And I'm not sure how. Well, Oscar's going to take the belt off her. But she done bypassed Sasha and everyone else. Damn near Charlotte. And she can barely wrestle. But she is very good on a mic. Um, man, there's a, there's a lot of good booking. The Miz has been booked extremely well as IC champion. We'll get to that in a second. Yeah. So, you know, Vince... Vince is an old man who's lost some shit, but I, I liked him. I think Joe has been booked very well. In which, Yeah. I,
3: yeah,
1: I mean, you know... To me, Joe doesn't have to be champion. There's only no, certain things I don't like. And that's like Bray Wyatt's booking. Shit like that. Like Outside of that, I'm okay kind of with everything they do. And, and Triple H pushing himself to the moon. Which we'll talk about. Let's talk about UFC though. Because this is usually where we start. Not too much happening. Except we did see your boy, Kobe Covington, getting a hit with a boomerang.
2: Man. Like a every- Batman villain. Whoa. I honestly think every day that goes by in the UFC, I, I keep wondering like, why am I still watching this? Like every like every week, there's something new, and I'm like, why? What am I doing watching this? This product is not it's not good anymore. Um, yeah, Colby Covington gets hit by a boomerang from uh, your boy Fabricio Verdum in Australia. <laughs> Fabricio took exception to obviously what Colby said while he was in Brazil, caught him on the street slipping, but apparently Colby was already mouthing off, and he hit. I mean, first of all. Why do you like you have a boomerang in Australia? It doesn't get any more on the nose than that. And then well, so he explained boomerang, the
1: boomerang and it makes a lot of sense,
2: by the way. Yeah. So you got a boomerang, but then you hit Kobe Covington with it. And then Kobe Covington wants to press charges. Man, homie, you fight for a living. Like, I think, man, I just don't like <laughs> Kobe Covington as a whole. I mean, straight dry just, snitching. And yeah, I thought he couldn't get
1: worse. You can't be a badass and then dry snitch.
2: He's he's weak. He's that guy's weak. I hope he doesn't get a title shot. I hope Tyron Woodley denies him at every turn because he doesn't even deserve it. Until he, unless he earns it, which I don't think he has. Um, I, don't, I don't care about. I don't want to hear about COVID. COVID. I hope they right. book
1: him against Wonder Boy and he gets his face kicked off.
2: Yeah. See, I want to see something like that. There's <laughs> other people. Robbie Lawler, um, who Carlos he says, that-
1: Condit would just rearrange his whole shit.
2: Yeah. I just want somebody to shut him up. Like I know what he's trying to do. He's trying to pull the tail, son, and, and it's just, it's whack. I mean, you could even call it the McGregor, but like I've said before, I think this man really believes the things that he says. Um, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Outside of that, not too much else happened. Um, it's a
2: terrible... Did you watch that card?
1: No, I didn't watch that card. We watched oh, a man. little bit of it while we were covering
2: boxing. Yo, it was, that card was bad. Every fight went to a decision on the main card. I think it ended up being a grand total of 13 hours.
1: It was the longest card ever. And tied for... Most decisions.
2: It was that was terrible. But this is why the UFC has this terrible problem of putting on too many shows, and you get to a point where you're just booking people just to book them, and there's really no consequence of them being booked because they're not getting a title shot, they're not getting any closer, and they fight on these cards, and it's like, well, why, why, why did we just watch that? That's what I'm saying. Like these, th- that was one of those shows where you go, it's not even, it's not just bad on paper. It turns out to be bad in practice. And those are never good. Like, you like to see cards that was like, man, I never didn't expect that to be that good. Or you get sucked in by a card that looks good on paper and it plays out being bad. And you're like, okay. The, yeah. But this card looked bad. And because, I mean, the main event was, the co-main event was Beck Rawlings.
1: And she woman, lost to a person yeah. on short
2: notice. Who Who's not ranked on short notice, has a pedestrian record of like seven and five.
1: I think it was a UFC debut.
2: It was a UFC debut. <laughs>
1: yeah,
2: it was all bad. Uh, and, but this is your co-main event? And I get it because you're trying to break You're doing other markets, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And you say, okay, we want to put some people on this card. But nothing on this card was worth watching. Nothing. It was terrible.
1: No, it was, it was horrible. I mean, Verdoom's boomerang throw was the best, best shot landed the entire weekend on yeah. that card. Um, shit, yeah, moving past that. Let's skate past that. Michael the Count Bisping coming back already two times in one month fighting after just getting wrecked by gsp he didn't look great but it's bisping he looked like Bisping coming against kelvin gaston who's looked great as of late is bisping gonna get knocked out and retire now or does he still have that one last fight in him
2: i still think he has, a, he has that one last fight left in him um he can't go against
1: romero then if he gets wrecked in this one romero well that's
2: the problem if, if if he gets wrecked yeah he, he gets smoked by romero but uh i do think he's still gonna have another fight left in him i don't think this will be it for bisping uh, but, yeah, I don't see him winning this fight. Uh, this is one of those fights where it's like you want a quick turnaround, but it's like I think you forgot who you were. You're average. And when you're <laughs> average and you're fighting a guy like Gaslam who has a lot of momentum, um, who's a really good wrestler, and I think he's I, – I, I don't want to say that he's better than GSP, but I know he's conditioned better than GSP was in that particular fight. Yeah. So you're going to face him on, on relatively short notice – I guess you're out here for a check, bro.
1: And, and his hands are really coming along now. I mean, the yeah. guy's 26 years old. He's a kid. 26, 27. Like, this is a long time from the ultimate fighter. He won that at, what, 23, 22?
2: Right. He was the guy that unseated Uriah Hall, who everybody thought was a second coming. I mean, and not everybody, not including me. I was the guy who was like, man, this guy's going to be great. Yeah. Uriah Hall's been terrible. But he was that guy. And nobody saw this coming from Gasoline.
1: No one at all. And he's running through people now. So I like I think this propels Gaslam more than it, it does anything for Bisping. Because Gaslam just yeah. saying, you know, I just beat a guy who was a champ three weeks ago.
2: Yep. Absolutely. So, so what
1: up? Um, we have Alex Caceres on this card, which should be good. I don't know who Wayne Guan is that he's fighting. But Caceres should be pretty exciting. And that's about the only thing I care about on this card. It's not a good card. The UFC has the same problem the WWE has on the main roster kind of at this point, where they won't let go of people from the past and trim the fat of the roster and just let the new people shine. They're, They're scared to put all the eggs in the basket of the unknown and the young people when the older people aren't getting it done. So you see people pulling out of fights. You see people popping. And all this stuff. Because just let them go. It's okay to turn over a new leaf and just roll the dice. And make someone become that top star. Make them grab the brass ring. As Vince would say. Like him, it's like, man, Braun Strowman needs a willing or good adversary. Let's build Kane back up. Why when Samoa Joe is right there?
2: Dude, I don't know what the UFC is doing. Like, Again. The
1: UFC is saying, Why? Why? Why even book Anderson Silva at this point?
2: Because he's Anderson Silva. Got to let like, it go. He I was know.
1: Anderson Silva. So, like they're not, they're not doing
2: it. It's, um, I mean, it's bad on several fronts. Uh, it, even you look at the uh, now that they, they booked, we could talk about this because screw this card. But uh, they've booked <laughs> Holly Holm versus Cyborg, right? Oh yeah. And then Jimmy Rivera needed an opponent on the year-end pay-per-view. They didn't go get Aljo. They didn't go get. Marlon Moraes, they put him in there with Aljo. They booked Jimmy Rivera with John Lineker,
1: which does nothing for
2: Rivera. Really, why of all the people, John Lineker? Like I would have, if like if you would have moved John Lineker over to fight Aljamain Sterling, I would have understood. If you would have somehow pushed put Aljo in there with Rivera and you put Marlon Moraes in with John Lineker, I would have understood. This, as it doesn't make any sense. It's not necessarily a co-main event. I don't know where it's going to fall on the card, but I mean, really? To
1: be fair, John Lineker was just like one away from a title shot.
2: But since then, you know, he got pretty washed over by TJ Dillashaw. That's his only oh. loss in
1: four but years. But he hasn't
2: fought anybody. No, he's had losses in the last four years. Three years. Oh. Three years.
1: No, he has two losses in the past five years. And but it was to Ali, and then to TJ. But he's beat John Dodson, which was kind of a questionable decision to my exactly. point. Um, and then the Michael McDonald, thing, he knocked out.
2: The, yeah, the best the best thing he had in there was Michael McDonald, right? Everybody yeah. else is like, okay, whatever. Ian McCall. But, yeah, Ian McCall as well. Uh, but it's I don't, I'm just uh, looking at a pay per view like that UFC Fresno. Is I think it's Fresno where where Aljamain's fighting. Um, yeah. He's fight, he was fighting Ronnie Yaya. Like, mm-hmm. that card's unnecessary. Like, these are unnecessary cards.
1: And shout out to Aljermaine, who noticed, like, you know what? Moraes actually kind of at least propelled me somewhere.
2: Yeah, Moraes is a former World Series of fighting champ. You yeah, know, like, he take the risk. Yeah, you can you can do that. But I feel like a guy like Marlon, I'm not saying he's ahead of Lineker, but I feel like Moraes and Lineker is a more interesting fight than Lineker and Jimmy Rivera. I, I don't know, man. It's, just, it's weird. Like, Caraway just got pulled off of the Fresno? One of those cards. Caraway's injured now as well. Oh, I didn't know uh,
1: Caraway was still relevant exactly. after the breakup.
2: <laughs>
1: Yo, listen, man. You lose your girl, change your whole life.
2: But ultimately, like, that card, with so many cards that don't matter with, like, one or two fights that you find interesting, I, I mean, I understand you're trying to break into other markets, but it's oversaturating the market. Because even MMA fans don't want to watch these cards. They're just like, dude, really? Like, this is how many weeks we got to fight? Like twelve? Yeah. Like twelve, twelve cards in thirteen weeks or some craziness like that. We got the Ultimate Fighter finale coming up next week. Um, thirteen which,
1: cards I, in twelve weeks.
2: Yeah. Okay. Because those double so,
1: up. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So like the Ultimate Fighter finale is coming up, which I have I have to catch up because I haven't watched since like week three. But
1: I just know that one chick is elbowing people to death.
2: I don't even know. I haven't watched. Read a spoiler. Like I've completely avoided everything so I could watch it. I'm gonna watch it clean like next week. But there's so many cars with so many questionable matchups with people who should be fighting more elite competition. Or, like, there's a car that has zero interest except for one fight. It's turning into boxing in some ways, where there's like one fight that you're going to watch. But, like, this weekend, Fabricio Verdum and Marcin Tabura, that was a horrible fight. That even Verdum winning, it did nothing for Verdum.
1: Oh, he called out. He said, I need the title shot.
2: And yeah, nobody's listening because <laughs> was you're like, still- what? <laughs> you still lost to Overeem. You're not getting a title shot, bro. Like, chill out. Go. You could beat people up with boomerangs. That's about as far as you're going to get. But beating Taburra is not getting you a title shot. So, no, so by no means.
1: You know what? The bantamweight division
2: is actually pretty good. It is good. It's they just, go. They go 12 deep. Yeah, the bantamweight division is a pretty solid division. That's Wait. so crazy. I mean... You know, I could be surprised. Maybe Lineker beats Rivera and just blows the doors off the Bantamweight division. That could happen. But... I maybe
1: mean, Lineker, yeah, it could, but even Rivera probably win that one. But then you, look, you still got Dom waiting to come back from injury. Uh, a Sun Sal is still ranked way too high. Um, oh, no, he's not.
2: How is a Sun Sal ranked too high?
1: I mean, maybe I just feel like he's been around forever. I want new blood. He's win winning. I'm not saying, you know, three straight wins. No one, let's see. Only Jimmy Rivera has a longer winning streak. Exactly. So, I mean, I, I understand it, but still, like, uh, Caraway is 10th. Thomas Almeida is 11th. So it's it's a deep division. Al Jermaine is 9th, which should change because John Dodge hits a fly fold back. Same thing. Mireille is 7th. That's a good division. There's plenty of other matchups. Cody's going to come back looking for a fight. The, their matchmaking is just weird at this point in that division. Oh, you know what? The, the whole damn thing. Because before we just said, you know, title fights were the ones kind of get messed up and they're doing anything for title fights. Like the aforementioned Holly Holm versus Cyborg. Because what, Holly Holm is one for three in her last three fights?
2: Yeah. Maybe one in four? How just not good. How about that?
1: Yeah, and she's 0-1 in this weight class. And lost to Deronime, who is a shell. I, I can't even call her a shell of Chris Cyborg. She is the toenail of Chris Cyborg. Like she, she's nowhere on that level. So it's like, man, we're, I understand they're just going for name recognition. And someone who's just willing to fight Cyborg. But Holly Holm since being Ronda Rousey, lost to Misha Tate, lost to Bullet Shevchenko, lost to Jermaine Deronime, and beat Besh Koeya.
2: <laughs> Yippee. Yeah,
1: like, it's it's, (laughs) and she's getting a title shot against the best female fighter over the past 10 years. But mainstream knows Holly Holm. So Uh, that's what you're going. It's a main event, a card. They've been giving us some really shitty cards, man.
2: They have. And I I don't know if it's going to be fixed. It just seems like, uh, you know, they're going to cut back um next year they said on how many shows they do, but that doesn't even matter. And uh, I don't if know. If the
1: if the matchmaking and the booking ain't right, it doesn't matter. That's really what yeah. it I mean, you you're just gonna see guys less. That it's not gonna help the booking. But I mean they hey, just they're, they're actually one fight away from the, having a pretty damn good card. I lie. Two nineteen isn't horrible because no Well I mean, but really Nate <laughs> they Diaz fight, obviously. Nate Diaz versus uh tyron woodley really that shit makes no sense either it doesn't so it's like am i really waiting for that just to see if nate can come up with a lucky you know a lucky win to get this belt so connor can have something to do and you can justify paying connor the bazillion dollars you're gonna have to pay him like i i don't understand but then we have khabib versus barbosa on that car
2: if khabib stays healthy
1: yeah i, I have faith that that's pretty good <laughs> i mean listen I've been, like I've been fooled before but i have faith then rivera lineker okay uh esparza cavillo which is going to be a good fight we'll see what cynthia's made out of because carla's kind of the gatekeeper now for the women's weight as an ex-champion condit magni the return of condit which is good roundtree has been good versus uh sakai which is kind of still like an anomaly to me. Like I haven't seen enough of Sakai. Hey, I mean, he has like a you know the big uh, following and shit. I don't, I don't know much about him. And then Usman's on the card.
2: Yeah, he should be fighting Kobe Covington, wearing that ass out. I was about but to say, um, wait,
1: he trying to get Kobe just killed. Hold on.
2: I am, I am, and, and for the record, um, I was like doing some research while you were talking just to see where Aljo is fighting on this Fresno card. He is once again on the prelims,
1: and what not the prelims on make?
2: Fox. He's on the fight pass prelims, what? facing Marlon Moraes.
1: They're burying the guy.
2: Like, just real quick, because we need to move on, because we're spending way too much time talking about something that doesn't matter. <laughs> this particular card in Fresno was headlined by Cub Swanson versus Brian Ortega. The co-main event is Jason Knight versus Gabriel Benitez, and Jason Knight's coming off a loss. Then you have Scott Holdsman versus Daryl Horcher, Eric Anders versus Marcus Perez, Albert Morales- versus Benito Lopez. That is your main card. And you mean to tell me that Aljamain Sterling and Marlon Moraes cannot be on that main card? Yeah, why are
1: they on the fight pass prelims? This the makes fight sense. pass prelims. So no one's going to see it. Alexis like, Davis versus Liz Carmouche. Is on, that's that's
2: Yes, that's headlining. Like, what? What? Scott Holtzman, Daryl Horcher, Eric Anders. Dude. They just Al- don't want
1: Aljo to live.
2: But, like, come on, man. Marlon Moraes is, again, former World Series of Fighting champion. He was mowing down competition then. Obviously, everybody that comes to the UFC doesn't make the transition well. They don't start off just blowing people out. Certainly, we look at Eddie Alvarez, for instance, but he eventually became champ. But you're kind of – you're burying your lead here. If you're going to take a guy from World Series of Fighting, he who has a name, and put him on a prelim card against another ranked up-and-coming bantamweight. Yes, Aljo has lost a fight to Rafael Sunsal, but he just beat Hennon Barra for Christ's sakes. Come on, guys. Get it together. Y'all need to fix this Was this show happens. Ain't no way Aljo and Marais would be on the goddamn prelims on a Fox Sports 1 card.
1: And wasn't that a Sunsal fight kind of close?
2: It, yeah, but I mean...
1: He lost the third, I think, definitively.
2: Yeah, he lost the fight, but I'm But just he wrestled saying, the
1: shit out of him in like, the first round. He put him in some kind of pretzel I had never seen before.
2: Like, he just beat the former champ, and you look at this card, because, like I said last time with dodson and Murray's, if I'm watching a Fox Sports 1 card to begin with, I'm already a fan. So nothing you put on the undercard is going to make me go, you know what, I should tune into the free show, right? Like, Because you're already watching it. Because otherwise, if you're a casual fan, you're not watching this shit. So at least give me the Aljo uh, Marlon Morais card on a card that I'm probably going to watch. Don't put it on Fight Pass, because in the event that I don't have Fight Pass, I'm not seeing this fight.
1: I don't have five pass. Exactly. So I, and I'm not paying for it. No. So it's, it's not, I mean, I'll catch it when someone gets knocked out on the FS1 card and they need that that little filler fight. And hopefully it ends in a finish so I can get that. If not, I'll, I'll catch the highlights, man. I'll watch it yeah. on Twitter. I'm good. Um, let's move over to boxing because UFC is just upsetting us. Boxing, we actually saw a good fight this weekend. Isha Smith. Versus Julian J. Rock Williams. Ishe came out and showed some old man grit in that fight. So he's got left. Good. Yeah, I mean, that's listen, that's all he needs at this point, right? Um, he fought tough. It, it, it really did make me a true believer in J. Rock. I, I think if he's trying to move up, Jamel Charlo knocks him out the same, same way Jamal did. It, it's, it's not looking good for him. He gets hit way too much
2: yeah, and he's definitely chinny too. A guy like Isha Smith shouldn't even wobble you. Um Isha is not a knockout artist. He was throwing long, slow looping punches that were landing. Um, it, it was spoke more to Julian Williams not necessarily being the talent that we he, we thought he was. than it speaks to Isha Smith, you know, uh, his skills diminishing. because Isha Smith is he again, he's all heart, heart and guts. Most people don't have the heart and guts of Ishe Smith. If you don't know his backstory, I'm not going to tell you about it here, but just Google the man. Ishe's been through a lot in his life. And he's he comes from a class of boxers, the 1996 Olympic team, which was Antonio Tarver, Floyd Mayweather, Fernando Vargas. Those guys aren't here anymore. EJ Smith is still fighting. Yeah. So he's he's been through a lot. has a special story. But he's about to be 40 years old, and Julian Williams is 26, and... In that fight, like, if you if you just looked at the scores, they were way too wide. I thought it was a little bit more competitive. But more importantly, if you actually watch the fight, there are things you're going to see from Williams that you just like, what is this? Like, you have all the physical attributes to take care of Isha Smith, and you're, you're allowing him to stay in this fight. So, yeah, Julian Williams is not who we thought he was. I thought this guy was going to be great. Back then, I thought he was going to beat Charlo, and I was clearly wrong. Um, and he has, he's just, he's, he just seems like a guy that Austin Trout's going to get his hands on to beat up.
1: Ooh, you take Trout over J-Rock?
2: Yeah, probably would. I think, and trout Trout's a gutsy fighter, but you know, he might, he's getting close to being shot as well.
1: Yeah, but, I was like, ugh.
2: But William, dude, he's chinny. Like, there was some sh- shots that he got rocked with that he should have saw coming. I saw him coming. Everybody saw him punches coming from Ishe Smith.
1: <laughs> yeah, but I mean, we're not taking the punches.
2: No, we're not. I'm just saying, this is Williams in a very, very exciting and crowded junior middleweight division. Williams has a lot of work to do.
1: Yeah, that's, it, I mean, that is very true. I mean, going through the rankings, junior middle, middleweight, Jermell is number one right now, which is crazy. Um, there's Lara is number two. Jarrett Hurd.
2: Mm. Swift is good. And Swift will watch Julian Williams. Okay. Uh, Cotto still ranked fourth.
1: Trout fifth. J Rock versus Cotto would be an interesting fight
2: if he could catch Cotto him before Beach. he
1: walks out. Ooh, what? <laughs> Old man Cotto. Cotto, Cotto. Second yeah. wind Cotto.
2: Cotto was guts, man. Like some fighters have the guts and some don't, and, I'll, and some people just don't recover from being knocked out. And I don't think Williams has fully recovered from being knocked out. Like. I didn't watch this fight and say he looks like a prime talent, like a top talent. I think Kodo could probably beat him at 154. Uh,
1: damn, that's crazy. I mean, Kodo's ranked third right now, or fourth, J Rock six. Trout or Kodo has to be the fight if he's looking to move up. I would take my chance with Kodo over Trout. Even though both, listen, he's young, he has power in his hands, he should be able to beat both. They should be statement fights. There's no way we should even be discussing this as it being even. It's a damn shame already. So that's, that's boxing. That's the boxing we watched. Did we miss any fights this weekend?
2: Uh, Carl Frampton returned, for those that care. Um, he lost Leo Santa Cruz and lost his first fight. Frampton returned and didn't look all that great. Um, <laughs> he, looked, he looked pretty rusty, which I'm surprised. Cause I'm a fan of the Jackal. But Frampton didn't look that great, so uh that's I mean that's really it we don't have a whole lot to look forward to in boxing aside from uh and uh Lomachenko in about two weeks yeah um
1: it's coming quick
2: yeah I'm sure there's something else coming up uh I know they they officially announced that uh Errol Spence and Lamont Peterson will be in New York on January 20th
1: of course it will be
2: (laughs) which I'm, I'm looking forward to watching but uh Devin Alexander makes his long... It's been a long time since we've seen this Devin Alexander fight. He makes his return. He actually fights tonight. Um, And that's really it. On a Tuesday? Yeah. All right. Uh, Kovalev fights this weekend. The return of Sergey Kovalev on HBO. In New York? Yeah.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, we got some boxing coming up. Not bad. I guess that means it's time, man. It's time to switch over. To pro wrestling, no New Japan, no ROH to distract you, straight into Survivor Series.
2: No, go to Takeover first. Don't oh.
1: <laughs> oh, man, all right. Well, I'll be. You're,
2: you're way too excited to talk about Survivor. Yes,
1: because this shit was so hilarious in our group chat that I can't believe that you're so against that card. But let's start on table. Yeah. <laughs> so we got Takeover War Games. Um, we didn't get one of the matches we were hoping to see, uh, which is the European championship um match which we'll see this Wednesday.
2: UK title match in yeah. Gargano. Yeah. Which should be
1: pretty good. That would have took the card over the top. So I can see why they kind of they saved it and it was it was good for the time that it had. Um what else do we have? We have Lars Sullivan, Cassius Ono starting it off. And a match that was only 5 minutes and it felt short to me. When I watched it at the house show it was a lot longer. Ono had a lot more offense, but you got to build Lars as, as the bully, right? He has to be a beast. He's a big ass dude. Looking at him twice, like his, yeah, his features are just huge. He doesn't have to be tall. That guy's just a monster. And I, I liked the way he looked. I thought they booked him well, and I thought the match was entertaining.
2: Yeah, I thought it was solid. I, th- I think uh, Cassius Ono, it's, it's weird because a guy like Chris Hero, who is clearly talented. Um, so you're on the fence as to, is it best to sacrifice him for somebody like Lars Sullivan? Um, clearly, Lars Sullivan is the up-and-comer who needs to push and needs to go over on somebody. And there's probably nobody better in that department that can that has hard-hitting offense. And if you can overcome it, you're probably better off than Cassius Sono. So in one sense, I was like, yeah, this is perfect. Lars should go over on him. In the other sense, I'm like, well, where does Chris Hero go from here? Where does Cassius Sono go from here after losing Lars Sullivan? I don't think it matters. I think he knows his purpose. I think he's here to be like an enhancement talent. Um, Lars, he just needs a new finisher. Uh, That waist slam thing just looks sloppy. Other than that, though, I mean, I thought it was booked well.
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, like you said, the finisher is shitty. But we've seen them change big dude's finishers often. Apollo Crews changed his finisher, uh, which we don't get to see too often because he doesn't win. But then Braun Strowman changes finisher like three times. He, he'll settle into something that looks a lot better when he gets to work on it a little bit more. Yeah. Um, we had the match tonight, in my opinion. Aleister Black versus Velveteen Dream. Alistair with his entrance is always dope, but Velveteen Dream stole the show in the war of entrances when he came out with the with the chest piece that looks like a moccasin <laughs> and, and, the, and the glasses with the three eyes and he came out. He had the braids on the side and the, and the feathery top. He looks like a young jock from Love & Hip Hop Atlanta. Ooh A little bit of Ratchet Television for y'all out there. Jock has that same hairdo. It's so feathery up top. And uh, he came out. His hair stayed pretty all match. But when he came into the ring, took off his Shawn Michaels borrowed chaps and revealed the Rick Rude style tights underneath with his face and uh, Alistair's face on either side with Say My Name in the front, he stole the show. From then on even the crowd was with him. He was a baby face after that.
2: Dude, uh, I tweeted this and I'm going to say it again. Can we talk about how Patrick Clark was saddled with a bullshit gimmick <laughs> and turned that shit into gold. He has become the androgynous version of Ravishing Rick Rude, uh, mixed with a little hint of Gold Dust here. Dude, he came in when I remember when I first saw this gimmick, I was like, "Come on, this is ridiculous." Like, really? Like cuz you know, Prince had just passed and it was like, "All right, you guys are really doing this, but my goodness, from his mannerisms in the ring, his ring work is solid it's not exceptional, but it's very good
1: no, but he um, has, he's still young, he has a long way to go yeah, for not got, being an got, indie got, guy he's he's actually decent he's not Corbin. he's not like know, some he, other people who got he's actually decent in ring his athleticism is legit
2: no, but you know he like on tough enough, he was probably the most talented guy in that group. um but you watch him in this match and his mannerisms and Learning and understanding how to tell a story. Like, this was a, an excellent match. Because, you know, Alistair Black was going to come in and the whole mode was, I'm going to kick your face off. <laughs> but th- everything that they did in this match and the crowd got behind it, listen, they, they have a star on their hands if they know what to do with him. Because he's a guy who's getting himself over I, I'm sure he's Yo. getting hints from the from the you know the uh, performance center. I'm sure he's getting you know tutelage and learning the right things. But he honestly is much better than any of us could have imagined. Guess his age. I think he's like 23, right? 24. He he's is young, young, isn't he? 22 years old. Turned wow. 22
1: August 19, and he was on the indies. I forgot he was in a tag team with Leo Rush for two years. God. So at Don't 18 even. years old. They were in um, Maryland Championship Wrestling. They showed like the highlights when Leo Rush got signed, but they were tag team champions when he was 18 and Leo Rush was 20. And then Dude. now he's gone through this whole crazy transformation, and he's only 22.
2: Yeah. He's going to be
1: a champion of this sooner or later.
2: Well, they we can leave him
1: far. in NXT for two years.
2: Um, yeah, we'll NXT talk about we'll, we'll talk about NXT call ups in a minute, but uh. I mean, dude, I, he looks great. He has a great look to him, um, and but he's he's just owned this character. Like the, the Velveteen Dream is. I'm excited to see him wrestle again. Like <laughs> I think I'm, like everything. I don't know if it was just the right pairing with Black. It was like the perfect yin and yang of two completely different characters.
1: The promo but, package was great that they set up for them.
2: It the, was the best built match heading into the uh, into this pay per view to the
1: weekend, right? It had the best story all weekend. Yeah. It had the best yeah. build. They actually had something. They had the catchphrase of the Say My Name. It was built how pro wrestling should be
2: built. Yeah, this was – I mean, and then it, I didn't expect it to get a shade under 15 minutes, but they, they gave it time. The story developed. Black one with the black mask, obviously, but then he said his name at the end. I mean, dude, this was this was exceptional. This was a great, great match. And I, like I would tell people, go out of your way to watch this match. Just if you're a WWE mark, because this is not like the greatest in ring technical thing, but there are matches where the storytelling is more significant than the in ring work, and the storytelling this was great, like his facial expressions. It was just it was this was really good. This was really really good.
1: Yeah, it was a great match. Um, man, that that kind of set the tone for the night. That's when people woke up and it was like okay, let me let me pay attention. And then the women's four way match which I slept on, It was it's under 10 minutes, and I didn't notice. It was good. It had good spots. Everyone looked good. And I even liked the ending and the finish, Ember Moon taking the title.
2: I like it in a vacuum. In the grand scheme of things, I don't like it. I still think it's weak to put – to have Asuka basically pat Ember on the head. It was like, good job. You couldn't beat me, but here's second place. Like, that's (laughs) what that felt like. And Ember shouldn't have won this match. I – I don't it weakens the entire division because you're putting the title immediately on somebody who couldn't beat Oscar. I just and, and I really I mean feel unless like,
1: Nikki Cross gets the next push um as a as a heel or unless Ruby Riot really turns heel and, and takes it up a notch, because Ruby Riot's no joke.
2: Yeah, but it's just I mean, you just you're putting the title on Ember, who just came off of losing to Oscar in two matches. So I told you my preference was Peyton Royce, not because of her in-ring work. I just think there's a lot of more directions that you could have gone with Peyton Royce and Billy Kay have being the champ. Correct. You know, it wouldn't have been—the in-ring work would have been as good, but this is the WWE, this NXT we're talking about, where character development is just as important. Uh, would more. you say
1: so in NXT?
2: I'm saying overall. Outside of Bobby Bob- Roode. <laughs> Outside of Roode. I mean, let's be honest. Like, like Shinsuke Nakamura is a character. As great as a wrestler he is, he is a character, and that's what people have gravitated towards. Yeah, Finn Balor's the Demon is a character, so it is just as much about character development. Because some guys can work, but in the WWE, you have to be able to cut a point or have a character. Apollo Cruz hasn't gone far because of this; he doesn't have a character. Peyton Royce is a character. Her and Billy Kay were like the perfect tandem. Like I, I always revert to Edge and Christian with their tag titles, and they always won by hook or crook. <laughs> like, and, then, and, and at a certain point, you really hate them. Like, you legit was like, dang, I, I can't believe they keep winning. I wanted to see that with Peyton Royce and Billy Kay. It, it didn't have to last long, but I felt like we needed to kind of refresh Ember and give her a new chase. But now you put her, the title on her, and I'm like, where do you go with this? Because she is the best in ring performer next to Kyrie Sane in NXT in the women's division. So, where do you really go with this? As far as feuds, is there a feud? Like, can you really go with Nikki Cross? Can you really go with Ruby Riot off the rip unless you turn her heel? I don't, she has I don't. to turn heel. So, I, I, personally, I think this was a be, the, not the right decision. They should have went in a different direction. But the match was good. The finish was great. Um, it, you know what's weird? I watched the match a second time. And Kyrie Sane looked kind of lost in this match. I felt like she was in the – she was there, but it was like she was waiting to do a move, and then she kind of, like, disappeared. Yeah. She wasn't like really in the match. She was, and that happens a lot in Fatal Four Ways, but I noticed how little she was in the match.
1: But you, you have to think the other three women have been in a performance center for how long? A year and a half together? Two years? Sane has been in there
2: two months. I so mean, she's the odd woman out. Yeah. I'm just, it's just the bomb. Like when you book a four way match, you got to have everybody involved. And Kyrie Sane is. She's a bigger baby face than Ember Moon right now. Like, she's the perfect baby face. And I get it. I feel like the WWE looked at Kyrie Sanders, like she won the Mae Young Classic. And they were like, do we really want to put it on another Asian? Like, I know they had that <laughs> conversation. I know they were like, ooh, we just had Asuka. Do we want to do this again? And the answer is, yes, you actually could do it again. But I know what they're doing. They're like, mm, nah, we'll wait. And maybe we'll build her up. But... I mean, the
1: WWE, WWE right now is such a crazy place because there's like... A ton of youth where you don't notice it. and Like, star potential. And then there's crazy veterans. So, I like that they're going with the pairing of like, yo, let's, you know, put on a veteran. Put on this person. They're, they're kind of... There's there's a game plan, it seems like. At least at NXT. Main roster, shit goes to shit sometimes. But, in NXT, it's cool. I like these pairings. Same thing with Sane. Sane and Ember Moon are like those tweener, like in the middle type. As far as age is concerned. And then... You know, they're, they're picking up someone who can't wrestle as much as Payton Royce, but Payne Royce
2: is 25. Yeah, and So in she, five years, she she's, she's probably going to wrestle that, as good as them. Yeah, she has gotten better. Like, her in-ring work has gotten better. But well, she has that athleticism.
1: When she does that, yeah. like, uh, she does the submission on the ropes, where she, like, twists her whole body and her leg is up, up top and she leans back. That's dope. So yeah. she's, she's learning how to use what she has and the skills. So she'll be a champion. If not here, she'll be like Alexa Bliss. And on the next... On the next level,
2: yeah. I think so, the gimmick will carry her. Um, so ultimately, I you know, like, I think this was a good match. I, you know, in a vacuum, watching it, if I didn't know anything about NXT, I would have had no problem with the finish. But I I, can, I get a little concerned about why they went that direction. Although I still have faith. It's you can't really doubt it. NXT has a better show this weekend. And again, so
1: and we'll talk about the lack of death on SmackDown's women's division. Yeah. So somebody got to move up soon. So, if Ember was going to hold the title, it was now or never, right? Because she got to go. Nah. Ready or not. I mean, she has no person. She might be Apollo Crews on the next
2: level. Yeah, you know, I but, don't want her to go. Anyway, she on. She may have to go.
1: Um, Talking about Just Do, Andrade, Cien Almas versus Drew McIntyre with Zelina Vega as the manager, who we cannot forget because she has changed everything for Cien Almas in that character. Good match in-ring Better storytelling, in my opinion, than anything um, unfortunate ending. But I think the right guy won. I like this change.
2: I'm I'm really surprised. Um, I didn't think there was any way Drew Galloway was going to lose. It's very rare that you see a title change so quickly and, in NXT. And for Almas to get it, it, it felt like... It wasn't really built up all that well. It was, but it wasn't it wasn't like your focal point coming to this match. So a lot of people didn't think that Galloway um, or Drew McIntyre would lose the title, but he did. It's refreshing. It's like it was like a jolt to the system that it happened. Um, but man, how much work has how much has Zelina Vega helped the character of Andrade Cien Almas? Immediately. Like,
1: changed it immediately.
2: Like she's the MVP.
1: <laughs> but that's what but we've been saying that a long time on this podcast. There's not enough managers. There's not enough good valets. There's just not. And it changes the character. Yeah. Apollo Crews just got with Titus, and it's kind of too late. And Titus still wrestles, which is kind of shitty. But when Titus was just building a Titus brand, and you give someone something to fight for, it was okay with Tozawa and him and blah, blah, blah. That's cool. Create a stable. Give him a manager. Just a guy in a suit. Zelina Vega is proving the same thing. When you have a capable valet who cheats for you, who gives your character some credibility, that's dope. And that's what you need. They're, they don't find enough of them. They don't hire and, enough.
2: And, you know, and everything came full, full circle because after CN Almas won, she was like, now we party. Which was the whole story of her joining with him in the first place. Because you remember, Almas wasn't taking it seriously and he was partying all the time. And that's why he was losing. Yep. So this was like long-term storytelling done very, very well. Because like when she said it, I sat there and thought about it. I was like, oh, yeah. (laughs) He was always partying. Like, that makes sense. So everything came full circle with with Almas. And the Um, losing
1: was for a reason. That's why NXT is better than WWE. Bray Wyatt loses for no reason. If he loses to debut Sister Abigail and go on a second tear that carries through the next two, three years of his career... And you give him a sister, Abigail Valet, it all makes sense that he's been a jobber for the past two years. Nothing came of that. They mismanaged it horribly. NXT has seen Almas lose and we're like, yo, they're burying him. He can't win. He's a jobber. They had him lose as part of the storyline. They turned that losing into, oh, he parties too much. He's not serious. And then used it. And it finally came full circle. And you're like, okay, I believe it. Now it makes sense. The main yeah, roster guy, doesn't do that.
2: My guy was a Chippendale. <laughs> like, he was, he was a Chippendale, and now he's a champ. Chippendale a champion. And Selena
1: Vega can wrestle her ass off, by the way. To her well, Kiranas and she hit some crazy-ass moves.
2: She'll get her time. I think it's coming. I think she, she's going to get in that ring and do some work. Um, let's talk about the main event. War Games, who, which rules that I didn't care for. Oh, sorry.
1: Before we move on, Drew McIntyre looks like he tore the oh, bicep. Yeah. And we were watching it together. And as soon as we saw the finish, I was just saying, Drew, let go of the rope. Drew let go of the rope. Why are you holding yourself? Take the bump. And he did himself in.
2: It. Yeah, we don't, I don't think they're getting a timetable for his return. It made it me wonder if they called an audible on the fly. Um, I don't think they did. No, it doesn't look
1: like an audible because the finish was coming regardless. Just let well, go he, of the damn rope.
2: Um, but either way, uh, it kind of sucks for Drew. He came back, he kind of rejuvenated his character. So we'll see what happens with him.
1: I, I think he really would have been a candidate to debut in the Rumble. To be that guy that goes up from NXT in the Rumble. I, I think they would have done that with him. You know, having May Rossi experience, he doesn't have to get used to the lights or the angles or how promos work. He had all that. They could have fast-tracked him, and I think he knew it, and he lost out on that opportunity. Which sucks. But uh, accidents happen. Okay, now the War Games.
2: Yeah, 30, this was a 36-minute match? 36 minutes.
1: It didn't feel uh, that long.
2: It felt good. Yeah, so... I still didn't like they put, you know, they didn't have a roof on the cage. I get that there was at one particular spot towards the end. Um, I don't like the, the, you know, two of your partners coming at the same time. Didn't really like that. However,
1: you like the one on one, like the one guy, and then you get the advantage, and then another guy advantage. Yeah,
2: it's just kind of weird when you have like a two man advantage, like one team is all there and you're just beating up on two guys. Um, but I get it for time reasons. They didn't really. They had to go a little bit quicker route. But this match was good. Um, the, the end was never in doubt. We all knew the undisputed era was going to win. Um, but the, the violence was great. We got blood uh, <laughs> inadvertently. Somehow we had tables, chairs. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, a nightstick. I like it. Look, they made Killian Dane look like a billion bucks. Not even a million bucks. He came in like a murderer. He came in destroying people, brought the weapons, like it was really Killian Dane. He ate the key. <laughs> yeah, yo, he ate the key. They couldn't get out after the match. To I'm the point they where they out. kept it going
1: through the storyline. And undisputed Eric could not leave the cage. They had to sit and he put uh Bobby Fish or Kyle O'Reilly pulled up a chair because they had to hire the cage because he actually ate the key.
2: Yeah, so the, the spots in this were, were, were solid. Adam Cole looked great. Um, everything about this match was great. The only thing I didn't like was Roderick Strong's ring attire. I think he looked like a fool with that the back <laughs> out the paint thing. But they tried to make him buy in. Yeah, with that being said, I mean, everybody worked. Uh, this was a really good match. And it just proves that, once again, NXT has the talent and the capability. And they do everything in such a short amount of time. Like, the shows are an hour each week. The pay per view is only two hours. I don't need this to be any longer. Like, maybe the TV could be a 30 minutes longer a week. Maybe. But I, I would even more so want one more championship before I would want it longer. Well, I think you, if you're going to have a championship, then I think you need to make it longer. I, I don't think you can have one without the other. I don't think you can have two more. Like, because the UK championship doesn't even get defended on the damn well, show. Well, you know what?
1: It's going to be defended, right? And now we're seeing someone not from the UK. Challenging for the UK Championship,
2: yeah, I, wouldn't I, mind,
1: I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind if that's a staple. It. The United States Championship could be won by Rusev, who's from Bulgaria. Oh no, I, or a character I, no, like that. It'd be dope to just have that as the secondary title and have it defended.
2: That I mean, that's perfectly fine. My only concern is, you know, I don't know if they. It's, it seems like this is a one off. The Gargano match seems like no, it, doing... it
1: does, it does. But it'd be dope if they they kind of noticed that and was like, okay, let's just go with it. Make it like the old European Championship.
2: Yeah, but ultimately, it's like, it doesn't take up your entire day watching this, and then you leave happy. Like, it's very rare. I think there's only been a couple, of maybe one or two TakeOvers that are like, eh, but it's still better than what I'm watching on the main roster. Oh, yeah,
1: and the best part is you can binge watch it. So even if you don't watch every week, TakeOver could be on its way, and you just binge watch like four episodes in a row.
2: Yeah, so, they. I mean, the writing, I, you know, I'm not going to give Triple H all the credit.
1: No, he has a good it's- squad down there.
2: Yeah, they've they've got a great squad, they kind of know what they're doing and the talent talent always shines, man. If you let talent work and you don't cater to like kids all the time or stupid angles that you create or make them be the colonel in the KFC commercial, things will work out. And and NXT has really worked out. Now we shout out about- to Shawn Michaels, by the way.
1: Cause I feel like the characters and their character are getting better. Just by having him down there. in ring work, all this stuff I can't call. But I feel like people are really gaining from his experience. The the pageantry, the stuff like Velveteen Dream, that entrance, the taking off the chaps slow, the, well, the, yeah. the huge reveal, all this stuff. There's little character stuff where I can say, you know what? Sean is making a difference.
2: Mm, don't know if it's Sean, but whatever. It could be Regal. It could be anybody. But
1: yeah. I mean, I like the Regal team
2: too. team is solid down there. Now we can talk about what you really want to talk about.
1: Oh, yeah. It's Survivor Series time. Um, I enjoyed the card. I thought maybe there was two matches that were ho-hum. If that, watching it live, unlike some people, I thought the pacing was well done. I thought you know, I was ready to crown it a very, very good pay-per-view until I saw the finish that we'll talk about in a little while, which kind of wrecked it and brought it down to earth. I thought it would be a very good pay-per-view. How about that? And then the finish brought it down to good, good. And if, even if you wanted to call it average, I'd let you slide. You're not even giving it average. Mm-mm. How yeah. do you not at least give this pay-per-view average? Once was... again, you have to be judging this off of the mold of WWE pay-per-views. Don't hold mm-hmm. this shit to Russell King.
2: No, I'm not holding it to Russell King. That's ridiculous. I wouldn't even do that. Good. But for this to be part of the big four... For this to be a four-hour show, it dragged ass. Like this was a long ass show. And again, there were a bunch of matches that I've seen better work from the talentless roster do on SmackDown and Raw. And the, the main event sucked, with the exception of AJ Styles making Brock Lesnar work. Which I was right. I, I, I was right, wasn't I? That they were going to get because I started at seventeen. I ended up at twelve. They split the baby and they made this match fifteen minutes. It's neither here nor there. No, it's here. I,
1: I, so, <laughs> I, may, I may or may not recall you saying that it was yeah, going to yeah, go okay. and be a normal length match.
2: But it, with the exception of that match, like, look, man, these matches were not that good. And we can, we, let's go ahead and run down the let's list. Let's go down okay. the line.
1: Um, Enzo versus Kalisto, nine-minute match. I watched it. Well, I watched even the pre-show, so I was there for five hours. Um, Enzo actually had to wrestle. They made Enzo wrestle. No BS.
2: But it wasn't good. No, but, I mean, they're
1: making him wrestle, at least.
2: Don't care. Was it good? That's my question.
1: Was it great, but it's on a pre-show. Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn just had to do something. It was a waste. It was a match I could have waited for SmackDown Live, but it didn't. Instead, they faced Fandango uh, and Tyler Breeze. They won, as expected. Uh, But they carried on their storyline, as I expect Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn to do, where this time Kevin Owens saves Sami Zayn from a horrific end, and I think they're, you know, just— strengthening that bond by always saving one another in a match or sacrificing themselves for one another. I like that storyline. Um, hopefully they don't keep cooling it off. That's my problem. We'll talk about that in a second. Then we have opening the show, the shield versus the new day, 21 minutes gave it time. I thought it worked very well. I enjoyed the match. I don't know how you didn't shit. Xavier Wood showed out in this match who's been showing out a lot lately. I thought it, it was handled great. Mm-mm.
2: It wasn't a good match. What was wrong with this match? The Shield. Like, the New Day had all the chemistry and all the heat. Yeah. Like, and all the fire. And Woods, Kofi, Biggie are enjoyable to watch. The Shield were not enjoyable to watch.
1: What if I was to tell you the Shield has never had that chemistry? Hey. What if I was to tell you that the Shield has always just kind of been a spot fest led by people on the edge of their seat waiting for. Seth Rollins to do some amazing aerial shit.
2: I would call you a liar because the shield was much better when they when they faced Team Hell No. The Shield was Did they have rules better. in that match? Wait, wait, wait. Okay. The Shield was much better when they faced Evolution. The Shield was much better when they faced the Wyatt, Wyatt family. The Shield as baby faces are not as fun to watch. More importantly, the fact that they've been split up so long is evident when you watch them wrestle because you can see the charisma of Seth Rollins being brought down a notch. You can see the charisma of Dean Ambrose being brought down a notch. And Roman Reigns is as stoic as ever. He's not fun to watch. This match, especially the last like five to ten minutes of it, where it felt like they were trying to get to certain spots and it were taking it extremely long, this is no fault of the New Day.
1: No, I mean, the they shoot. had to hit their individual spots. I mean, Dirty it, Deeds has to be hit. And then Rollins has to, to do his new fucking spinning this heel was- kick. This was not a good match. The extreme power bomb, like the, the triple power bomb off top rope was a good way to end
2: it. It was weak. Like dog, this match as a whole was not. I good. don't
1: think so. I, I I like every minute of it, it didn't seem too long. It seemed to coast by. I thought the new day had great spots during this match. Um I like how the shield kind of took the, the unicorn stampede in the beginning and played but off for the new day. Even
2: that was looked done bad. It was slow. Like this match was not good the the only thing that have really told me is that biggie needs to be a single star clearly they need to they need to have him get a singles run soon he's too good for this but in the new day have all the chemistry but i've seen new day have better matches with the usos with other people this was supposed to be a match against the best faction arguably of all time in the wwe in the shield versus the current one of the current best factions in the new day this Listen, didn't play out like that
1: for for two brands, and it's a completely right now it's a complete brand split. So these guys aren't working in the, you know house uh, cut shows it out. together. Cut it out. They're not cut doing it all out. this shit. They do out. this a- together in a week and it looked uh, good. Cut it.
2: cut it out! AJ and Brock didn't work together, and they they put together at least a four and a quarter star match.
1: No, Don't I thought that shit them. was
2: great too. But don't don't tell me it has something to do with them being on the brand split. These guys have all these guys have wrestled for a long time. There's no reason this match should have been. I'm just saying bad. you don't get
1: to practice the exact matches how other that, people get to practice the same do. exact match. No, but matches. this was
2: good. That's not my problem. I'm the viewer. You're selling me on a freaking five-hour show with a match that is supposed to be like a dream match. Like you took the titles off of Ambrose and Rollins to put them with Roman Reigns for this particular match, where yep. you got two baby face factions on probably the biggest factions on each brand in a match to open up the show. This was not a white hot opener. Dude, the crowd wasn't barely into this till close to the, the end.
1: The crowd is weird this whole fucking night.
2: But it wasn't weird the whole night. The match wasn't good. That's why. The match was good. Okay.
1: Um we'll let the people decide. But that was a pretty damn good match. You were oh, we got full on old man Andreas ready. Uh, let's go to the women's match. 5-on-5 Survivor Series match. Team Raw, uh, Fox, Banks, Bailey, Asuka, Nia Jax with the cornrows. Looking bay out there. Um, versus Lynch, Naomi, Carmella, Natalia, and Tamina. That is one of the worst SmackDown team, teen- Survivor Series teams I've ever seen. SmackDown's women's roster. Just one, one through five. One or worse. Um, and they gave them 19 minutes of this match. I didn't need that long because I knew where the hell it was going. I want to see Oscar go one on four if I could. One on two was okay, and I'm glad she won it. But that was the like, only logical ending.
2: Like, this match was booked just to get to the end because the the eliminations were completely nonsensical. Becky Lynch getting eliminated first was ridiculous, and that's yeah. not good for her. Bayley getting eliminated as early as she did. She was first. That was ridiculous. Is further just throw the shovel at her. Okay. Giant Jax okay.
1: looked strong for a hot second before she got counted out.
2: Like when Whites did Tamina f- get so tough? Well, I was gonna say happen? Tamina's
1: a monster. She got the cane push now.
2: Nah, she she's a monster <laughs> in this match. She'll come back crashing down the earth. But it was all built for Asuka to go two one one and win. Like the the finish of this was never in doubt which is perfectly fine. Like, some things you go into, like the Lesnar-Styles match, you know what's going to happen, and you're fine with it because it works. But this match, like, then the Elisa Fox, the botching of that finish, like... Well, she's not a good wrestler, do. man. Like, I don't, I don't know
1: what to tell you. We, we so could have probably good. saw that
2: coming. Yeah, um, but just, just... I mean, dude, explain. I can't even remember. How did they only get eliminated? She got tapped by Sasha. Okay. This match was just really not memorable, and... But with the exception of making Asuka look like a badass, which was what it was supposed to do. I get yeah. it. But Sasha it was,
1: got eliminated by Natty?
2: Yeah, by, by the sharpshooter. Yeah. Um, again, just not a good match. Everything in between the meat, I mean, in between the bread, was whack. I thought it like, was...
1: I mean, for what they have, I didn't think it was horrible. It was a mediocre match. But I love the finish. I love Asuka. Asuka looked great. Three eliminations for her out of five women.
2: Just not surprising. You just knew what you were going to get. But... Again, everything else could have been a little bit more fun to watch. This wasn't fun to watch. No, it was, it was just, 20 minutes. Too long.
1: Yeah, too long. But Asuka killing people, I'm always in for. Um, Corbin versus Miz, perfect amount of time. Nine minutes. Um, the Miz was good. Probably one of the worst Miz matches, though, of late. And Corbin, they played him like the babyface, which didn't upset me as much as it upsets you. Because someone has to work babyface. It's heel versus heel. Well, and I'll the Miz you, has the Miz you-
2: but you know why it upset me. You worked on social media to give Miz more of a babyface look on social media. Yeah. Don't talk about my wife. Then you get to the match and Baron Corbin is the one who has to fend off the Miz, Taraj, and everything else.
1: And the knee injury and all. Yeah, that's
2: true. Yeah. It was, it, so you flip characters in this weird way that you didn't really have to. Like you built – like credit to the Miz because he built up all the momentum. But then you get to the match itself and you flip character. So – and I, t- I told you Baron Corbin was going to win. Miz can afford to lose, and then he ended up dropping the title anyway. But uh, then Baron Corbin botches the promo at the end.
1: <laughs> he couldn't even say the business words right. It was bad,
2: man. My hand goes – your hand goes up. Your hand goes closed. What? Like, come <laughs> like on, man. Like, you are a botch machine. Like, Corbin is not good. They keep pushing him. They're not going to give up on him no his
1: his job now i mean this is like two or three major things i i think he's done um since he's been champion i i think now his job is to drop the belt to rude
2: probably you're probably right and and rude is
1: ic made so i mean that'd be a great guy to put the championship on he's a guy who can win it as a face and then eventually turn heel uh, against whoever you want to push he's that guy that can kind of fluctuate it's He's a very Miz like character where he's just arrogant and people are gonna hate him. Yeah,
2: but this match wasn't good. It was it was what we thought it was, though. It was yeah, a, my a expectations
1: weren't the highest for this. I was just glad that it was quick, over with. Let's keep it moving. Yeah. And keep it skating. Uh Usos versus Cesaro and Sheamus. I, I thought the match was was pretty good. It was okay. At the <laughs> least. At the least. And I'm trying to temper this. So that I'd be like, okay, you know, when I watched it originally I had no problem with it. I watched uh this match a second time because when I went back and watched uh, Survivor series for a second time yesterday, I didn't watch the whole damn thing. I don't got that time. But I watched from this match on. Um and I fast forwarded a little bit through Charlotte's match. But I thought this match was done pretty well. I-, I like both teams. They gave it good effort. I like the finish. With with the tag Azure diving over the ropes. Um, I was critical of them putting Cesaro and Sheamus together from the beginning. I don't like tag teams who aren't actual tag teams. Just two guys thrown together. They've made themselves an actual tag team. They've gone all in, and both teams had good chemistry. If you wanted chemistry, this was chemistry.
2: I mean, this was average. This was an average match I could have watched on Raw, or SmackDown. No, Not one of your is, big four.
1: This is the equivalent of the Usos match last time at the last pay per view. Maybe a little less.
2: Cause them, and, wait, them, no. And
1: the, no, them and the New Day have been going at it so long that those matches are very good. But these are, is this isn't a SmackDown match. It's a, it's a pay per view worthy match.
2: I don't think so. I don't think this. Like the Usos, the Usos. I'm not even blaming the Usos. I'm just saying the Usos have a gear that they've seemed to find these in, against the New Day when they feuded with the Wyatt's. They have a gear that they've hit in certain pay per views where their matches go from, now, oh, this is pretty good to, oh shit, this is actually really good. Never hit that gear in this match. Not this match wasn't bad. It just wasn't. You're again, holding
1: it to the standards of a of a three match, like I guess build between them and the New Day that we just saw. That
2: was just even a good match, first,
1: better match, better match.
2: Even the first match was good. What I'm saying is like this wasn't a bad match. Again, this is a five hour pay per view. One of your big four. None of, like you need to wow me with at least one match. And like this match didn't wow me. It was an average match. It was average. It felt 15 minutes. It felt like they took a minute to get there. And there's the talent, like Cesaro being an exceptional talent, not that he, he played any worse. I just didn't feel like this didn't, this didn't reach that level. And when you Do have you so think many this matches. This
1: was not at the level of the one versus the Shield, as far as for the bar. Because I thought those were really good matches, even their Monday Night Raw one.
2: Yeah, like, but that's my problem. Like, I feel like the, the match against Ambrose and Rollins was a lot better than the Usos. And again, you're billing this as champion versus champion. But they so, have
1: time to work.
2: They, this is 15 minutes. How much more time do you need? No, I
1: mean like leading up to the match.
2: Man, cut that out. Quit saying that like, like they have time to work. You These think that are plays
1: are... No, no, no factor in what we see?
2: I'm telling you, I'm not supposed to care. <laughs> because I'm watching, look, I'm watching this to be entertained. I'm watching, like, you've been telling me all year that this is the only place you can see Raw and SmackDown superstars go at it. Blah, blah, blah. It's one of your big four. Yeah. So your big four needs to have big moments. This was not a moment. Nothing on this except for AJ Styles, Brock Lesnar was memorable. You're not going to remember any of this next month.
1: Just the Oscar kill, but no. Nah.
2: So, this match, it wasn't, again, it wasn't bad. It was, it was cool. It was cool to watch. It. But I wasn't, I didn't feel like I was watching two tag team champions go at it. How about that?
1: That's fair. Not mad at that. I'm, I'm, I'm right with you saying that. Um, uh, let's see. What was next? Charlotte versus Alexa Bliss. Then I, I would argue the same point that you did. Then you have to say the same thing. It just felt like a match, and it didn't feel like two champions going at it.
2: This was, And, like, the problem with this is this felt long. Like, there were a lot of rest holes and a lot of well, Alexa, uh, Alexa. Like Yeah, the Alexa, her facial things,
1: that's all they can. She's yeah. not the greatest wrestler, still.
2: No. It, like, the best thing about this match was the fact that it ended.
1: Yeah, I mean, Charlotte went over. Once again, Alexa's not the greatest. I thought they gave him too much time. But you got to fill a four-hour card. So I guess, you know, you got to do what you got to do when it comes out to crunch time. Um, and you have all that time left on the table and I, I thought it was barely decent it, it's, it wasn't memorable I'll tell you that so this is one of the matches that I thought were like huh okay ho hum like I go with it I go without it this carries on to the bigger point which I could have I agreed with you when you said this before and it had no bearing on what I thought of pay-per-view necessarily but it's something that you know it, it rang true they weren't fighting for anything exactly if they were the ticker they it looks you were right where they start doing shit and at the end they panic and change because they realize they did something stupid. They put the ticker on there. Yeah,
2: they On the they last second,
1: it. at the last second, because they're like, fuck, wait, we're doing all this for nothing? How can we change this? Throw a ticker up. It's still for nothing. So if yeah. it was for something, I think even the women's match would have had more bearing because you would have came down to like, oh man, this is for the league. You know, this... This woman's gonna go to just make it for something, or oh, our team's gonna go here, or we're gonna get the last Royal Rumble entrance, something. And, and it was for nothing. Yep. So that's for nothing. That was weird. I think that would have made just the feel of some of these uh, champion versus champion matches feel a little bit more important. Um, Universal title. We ain't gotta say shit else about that, man. It was AJ Styles is the best in the world. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Point blank, he carried a man who hasn't had more than a six-minute match in years since CM Punk to one hell of a match, four-star at least. AJ Styles is the man.
2: No, he's, again, the, the finish was never in doubt. I mean, when this match was, when we found out this match was going to happen, I said, eh, Brock's going to pick him off doing a, fly, a phenomenal forearm and F five him. That's what happened. Like, that was like, <laughs> duh. Yeah. Um... But yeah, this match was AJ made Brock work. He made him he made Brock sell for him. After after look, Brock tossing around AJ with those German suplexes across the ring was like great it was just beautiful to watch. But then to watch like the calf crusher, then to watch like you know, the pay like, like dude, AJ is just really good. And you and when you force Brock to work, you get an enjoyable match. Like this Brock can like, still kind of work. Look, dude, this felt like a champion versus champion match. This felt like two champions trying to prove that they're the best, and I enjoyed that. And it was a, it was perfect because you had the champion who just destroys people versus like the, the finesse guy and AJ Styles, who is just a worker who's fast, who uses aerial tactics, who's a great wrestler. You had a great contrast of Styles, and it played out beautifully. This this will end up being. Probably And this, this is also a testament to how bad WWE has been in, in ring this year. Um, not NXT, WWE. This will end up being probably one of the best matches of the year. Yeah,
1: but it was, was a good think. match. <laughs> like, what? That was not a bad thing. It
2: was a good no, match. No, 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 it was a good match, but I'm just saying, there's nothing really else that WWE's done recently that you go, wow, that was, really, that was like a really, really good match. Like, I enjoyed every minute of this no. match. This was a really good match.
1: You put the five best WWE matches over the past two years on a piece of paper. AJ Styles' name comes up probably four times.
2: He comes up a lot. Him, Kevin Owens. Yeah. Seth Rollins. Uh, two years? AJ. The, well, yeah. No, no, no. no. I mean, AJ's like numero uno.
1: Yup. AJ Cena. AJ yeah. Owens. AJ. Like, you keep going down a
2: lot. He comes but, up man, a lot. I, I thought the booking with Shane McMahon was terrible, and he even made that at WrestleMania like the match of the night. Yeah, he, did. So, <laughs> he did. I'm just saying, this guy, is, he's, hes a—he's pun intended, a phenomenal talent. Yeah, so, he's,
1: he's the best in the world. Next week, we'll get into, uh, maybe I'll call up Kaz, get Kaz on the line for a quick second next week, because he says AJ Styles is the best ever. He says he's better than Shawn Michaels. Mm-hmm. And we have to talk, so we, I'll, I'll hit Kaz up. We got to get him on the line, because that's going to be a discussion for next week. I can't wait for that one. Um, let's talk about the quick, I mean, not much to talk about if you guys (laughs) haven't seen the final. I'm not going through all the damn eliminations. Um, spoiler alert, Triple H puts himself over and steals the show and it's all about him. They try to save it by making Braun Strowman look good and and strong by annihilating Triple H after, but that shit ain't do nothing for him. Um, I thought it was booked bad, even though... I liked how Nakamura looked before he went out. He went out to Strowman. Cool, someone has to go out early or someone has to go out first. I'm okay with that. I didn't like Finn the way he was booked. Um, Randy Orton doesn't need to go over on Finn ever. I know we had to see the RKO. I don't give a damn, it shouldn't have been on Finn. Um, Joe didn't look overly strong. I, I, there's no way the last people in the ring should include Kurt Angle, Shane McMahon, Triple H, Randy Orton, nope. Makes no damn
2: sense. So, here are a couple notes. One, you kind of buried all your newer talent in this match. Um, Yeah, Nakamura did get his offense in. And I wouldn't have been as upset with him getting eliminated first if Rude didn't go right after him. Didn't make any sense to me. Rude was horrible. Rude got nothing in. There was really no reason to eliminate two of your newest stars on SmackDown so quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, And then Joe and Balor didn't get to do a whole lot either. But Strowman, who's a guy who's getting the monster push is the guy that stands, it's like, he fine, fair. And
1: but you know what? I didn't like how they booked Strowman necessarily because he just stood on the apron half the damn time.
2: Well, yeah, then he got suplex through the table. So that's one note. Two, if you guys did all of this to build towards Triple H and Kurt Angle, take it back. Kurt Angle's, <laughs> Kurt Angle's work in this match was slow. His timing was off. He looks like he needs help going to the bathroom. And this is not the Kurt Angle that I grew up saying that is probably one of the greatest talents to ever wrestle in a WWE ring. He looks so far removed from that. And, and like everything was bad about his work. Like, and then John Cena. Why was he even there?
1: Oh, Cena did nothing, right?
2: Right. like He got rid of Joe. Somehow like- he
1: looked weak, his weakest in a long time.
2: I mean, he got beat by Angle with Angle Slam. It, like it felt like it felt like this was all thrown together, and they had to figure it out after it got thrown together. Yeah, um, and another... he couldn't
1: pick up Strowman. Just let the man do the finisher to Strowman. Why can't he's picked up the Big Show? He can't pick up Strowman. You didn't so have did. to let him pin Strowman with it. Just let him do it. Get the pop. It makes so... sense. Have Strowman kick out on one. Have Cena hit him with the AAA and Strowman kicks out on one and damn near launches Cena out the ring. That would have been good booking.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll amend that. He picked up Big Show and Edge and did it at five at WrestleMania. I mean, Fu attitude adjustment, whatever. He did it at WrestleMania. He picked up Show and Edge at the same time and he couldn't pick up Strowman. Yeah, Get out
1: of fuck
2: out. I mean, so, it's ridiculous. So also another note. Where was Kane? You did all this build two people, Kane and Jason Jordan. You did all this building up with Kane and Strowman to not have Kane interfere was ridiculous. To not have Jason Jordan have any part in this match also ridiculous. But to have Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens come in like clearly this is like a no DQ match, which makes me wonder why Kane wasn't there. They came in there just beat the shit out of Shane for a hot second, and they got ran off by Shane McMahon with a chair. Like looking like two pussies, like they look terrible. That was pointless. They had no bearing on the match. So, that was bad. Yeah, like, that was horrible. So all like ultimately all of this, if it was just lip service to get us a Triple H versus Kurt Angle, you guys did a horrible job. Take it back. This was when it, when I say this was a zero-star match, I mean it. Storytelling was bad, the work was nothing to to be like, "Oh my god, this is great work." Like the survivor series matches can be great when you had the one year where Dolph Ziggler won for his team yeah, and the match was like, it was a great match. So I was like, Oh, these surprise eliminations. You don't know who's going to win. Blah, blah, blah. But this, this was just bad. It's the opposite everything of that. The best part of the match was triple H's face when Braun Strowman had him in that corner. That was the best <laughs> part of the match. Yeah. Bad.
1: With the choke, that's, it's going to be great. That was, that was a good moment for Braun, but everything before that, I was like, eh, I could have won without it. The booking was bad. Triple H going over. Triple H, main roster Triple H and NXT Triple H are two different people. I'm convinced. He's a twin. Because no way this could be the same man. All bad. It makes no sense. Um, Yeah, and then Raw, we have some stuff. but And we haven't watched SmackDown yet, obviously, because we're recording this podcast. But on Raw, The Miz going away to, re- to film a movie. So they give the belt to Roman Reigns. I have no problem with this. He's a Grand Slam champion now. This is the belt he should have had before they ever pushed him to the main title and we'll see what they do with it. I expect, you know, the rest of shield members to go and get their belts back. And then we had Paige debut, which I guess we can talk about next week when we get to see round two with Paige and her crew from NXT, which they're not even in NXT. They're from performance center.
2: Yeah. Like we'll talk about like more in depth as I have no idea what the criteria to bring anybody up is anymore. Um, Mandy Rose, and, and I mean, I know why Sonya was brought up, because Shayna Basil was coming, and then Sonya looked really bad when you have a real MMA fighter out there. And Mandy but, Rose
1: looks great in a bikini.
2: Yeah. She's, she's that's blonde, nice
1: looks great in a bikini. Vince is like, you know what? I'm on Raw every week. I gotta travel. I need something to look at.
2: Come on, pal. So <laughs> that's what he did there. But you better watch uh, yeah.
1: out. Like, hey, it's not the climate. He's gonna yeah. keep his hands to himself.
2: <laughs> but Raw otherwise, you know, it was whatever. Um I don't know what they're working towards.
1: We'll see what we have on SmackDown. They haven't really built the next feuds yet. We'll see what we get leading into Rumble. Um, It's been a nice, nice size show we had this week. Straight through, no breaks. It was dope sitting down and talking about everything. Everyone out there, enjoy your Thanksgiving. Be safe. Eat some good food. Let us know what you guys have at your Thanksgiving. Next week, we'll come back with another show. Maybe you'll get to hear my uh, intro to blackness and the black family (laughs) next week or coming up soon. Thank you guys for listening. Make sure you guys follow us on social media, at The Corner LSN, on all platforms. Me, at Cal Dansby. him and Andreas Hill. This is the
2: show, damn it. We're out. Peace.
0: Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from RootMetric's second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.
3: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in.